Welcome to the Field Goals Podcast. I'm Brandon Schultz. On Thursday night football, we got to see the Dolphins take on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Gave us a preview of the Seahawks' week four opponent in the Miami Dolphins. And watching that game, that 31-13 to victory by the Dolphins. You can't help but wonder, just how are the Seahawks going to cover tight end Mike Gesicki? And Ryan Fitzpatrick looked about as good as he could in those first three drives, leading the Dolphins to three early touchdowns. That game coming up week four may not be as easy for the Seahawks. And we'll get into that game as well as our picks here with Anthony Knockreiner on this show. Each week I have a chance to go on, chat with Anthony, and we look back at the previous week's game. So we'll talk about the game against the New England Patriots and then look ahead to the game against the Dallas Cowboys coming up on Sunday. But before we get there, let's take a look at the Seahawks injury report. It was a long one to start the week and maybe looking a little bit better on Thursday. Defensive end Rasheem Green continued to sit out with a neck injury. He was out in that game against the New England Patriots. Betsa Mayoa, who injured his groin in the game, he was out both Wednesday and Thursday. And the only other player not participating in practice on Wednesday and Thursday was left tackle Dwayne Brown. He is bothered by both a knee and a foot injury. Limited participants in practice on Thursday. Jaron Reed with a back injury. He sat out on Wednesday but was limited on Thursday. Cody Barton has a quadriceps injury. He was limited on Thursday after not participating on Wednesday. Cedric Abwehi, pectoral muscle. He was a limited participant in Wednesday's and Thursday's practice. So maybe that's good news for him after he was out of Sunday's game last week. Will Disley continues to be limited in practice with his Achilles injury that he's recovering from in the offseason. Cornerback Quentin Dunbar limited in practice both Wednesday and Thursday with a knee injury. Had some players getting some veteran rest. Chris Carson, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and Greg Olson. They all rested on Wednesday and then were full participants on Thursday. Shaquille Griffin showing up on the injury report with a shoulder injury. Full participant in practice both days. Tackle Jamarco Jones listed with a back injury. Trey Flowers with a hand injury. Defensive end LJ Collier with a wrist injury. Offensive lineman Jordan Simmons with a knee injury. And veteran Mike Upati with a wrist injury. All five of those players were listed with their injuries as full participants on practice, so they should be good to go going into this game. The players to watch, though, are going to be Dwayne Brown, Benson Mayoa, and Rasheem Green, so continue to watch that at fieldgoals.com going into Sunday's game. Moving over to the Cowboys injury report, not so much quantity, but definitely quality players when you look at their injury list. Chidobia Awuzie, their starting corner, he did not practice Wednesday or Thursday. Trayvon Diggs did not practice on Wednesday, but was a full participant on Thursday, so he may be good to go with his shoulder injury this Sunday. Demarcus Lawrence sat out of practice both days with a knee injury, and their starting left tackle, Tyron Smith, has a neck injury. He did not practice on Wednesday or Thursday. Coming up on our Friday afternoon a preview of the Seahawks and Cowboys, I'm going to be talking to Paul Catalina of the Believe in Cowboys podcast, and we're going to get more into the injuries and how that may impact the Cowboys going into Sunday's game. So stay tuned for that. And in the meantime, check out my interview with Anthony Knockreiner on the Knock on Sports. Welcome back here to the Knock on Sports as we get things rolling here, talking a little NFL as we get ready for week 
Well, I can't even remember what week we're in. Week three. There we go. Week three. I'm so confused all the weeks. Week three in class AA, week five in everybody else's, week three in the NFL. I don't even know what week we're in in college football at this point. But joining me right now on the Whitefish Credit Union Hotline, good friend of the show, Brandon Schultz from the Seahawkers and Field Goals podcast. Brandon, great to chat with you once again, man. Hope you're doing well. Oh, happy to be back. And hey, it's going to be week one in uh, the Pac-12 here in a few weeks now, too. So that'll <laughs> throw you off even more. I was about to say, I'm, I'm so lost because well, it's week one for the SEC, too. So it's just like <laughs> I can't keep track of which week it is. It's it's football week. That's all I know. <laughs> it's time for football. It's that season. And it's feeling pretty good. Oh, I got to say, you got to be feeling good, man. Two and oh, that's where the Seattle Seahawks sit. It was a close game against the New England Patriots. Uh, one man show by Cam Newton, it felt like. Uh, but what did you take away from from that win over the Patriots? Yeah, I'm happy not that it's just two and oh for the Seahawks. But Russell Wilson looks like he's in, in better form than we've ever seen him. And then I know that's that maybe it may sound weird coming from a Seahawks fan, but you know, this whole offseason has been talking about how Wilson's been kind of underrated and you hear over and over. You're probably going to hear it again in the broadcast that, oh, he hasn't even gotten an MVP vote yet. And it speaks to that that way that I think he's been overlooked a bit. But then now to see people recognize Russell Wilson, it's more of the fact that they're like, oh, oh, he's good. And we're like, yeah, he's he's been good. But this is a better Russell Wilson than we've ever seen as Seahawks fans. And uh, it's it's weird for that that we're still kind of dealing with this and, and making people recognize that, yes, Russell Wilson's been good, but this is an exceptional level of Russell that we just haven't seen. Well, I think the problem there, Brandon, is, is because I think a lot of people and I'm not saying they don't deserve it, but there was so much credit given to the Legion of Boom and that defense that it doesn't even feel like Russell Wilson won that Super Bowl. Now, don't get me wrong. I know it was a shellacking and the defense did do their part, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, I, I think that's a part of it. And I think we're finally seeing Russell Wilson being allowed to come into his own. And unfortunately, it's taken this long to get to that well, point. And that was 2013, 2014, Anthony. I, one of his best seasons was the 2015 season that he just had. He went on a tear on the back end of that 2015 year. There was the, I think it was what, 2017 or 2018, whatever year it was that, MB, that Tom Brady won MVP, that Russell Wilson had an outstanding year. And and so I, I feel like there's those years where he has come into his own. And then now it's just, this is Russell Wilson showing a mastery of his position. Well, the other thing is, too, is you definitely had Russell Wilson in the MVP race yesterday, yesterday last year, uh, you know, with Mahomes. But then all of a sudden, Lamar Jackson has a season. And by halfway through, it was like, all right, it was a one man race to the MVP. Yeah, Lamar did run away with it toward the end of last season, which is a little bit unusual for Russell to kind of fall off toward the tail end of the year, where usually, you know, that's when he's hitting his stride. And and it's, it's usually been a little bit slow for him to start in past seasons. So. For him to put up four touchdowns in week one against Atlanta, five touchdowns uh, against New England last week. I mean, he's just I'm curious to see where this is going to go. And he has one of his most talented receiving cores around him with, you know, Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. Holy smokes, that game that he put on against the Patriots and just the physicality with Stefan Gilmore, the former defensive player of the year last year. And, you know, they're pushing and shoving down the sidelines throughout the game on running plays. And, you know, he's fighting through contact on that touchdown catch. And that was really fun to watch from the, the year two wide receiver DK Metcalf. 
Here's the next question for you, Brandon, because I thought it was interesting. I think Russell Wilson either said it yesterday or today into the media uh, because they were just talking. He, and it was an interesting comment for me, and I love the confidence from it. The fact that he says, I just don't want the vote. I want I want to win the award. Um, but are you concerned at all that maybe this is too much the focus here? I mean, obviously the MVP, and that's part of the Hall of Fame legacy that you got to have. But are you concerned about it at all? I, you know, as, as much as he may be concerned about it, I think if you were to ask him if he would rather have an MVP or a Super Bowl, he would want the Super Bowl because you can, you can make it through your career and not get the MVP vote, but have multiple championship teams as a quarterback and, and you're going to be a Hall of Famer. And so I think when, when you look at Russell Wilson and his, uh, you know, visualization of where his legacy is going to go, I, I bet he would be less concerned about the MVP and, and more concerned about the Super Bowl. Brandon, uh, looking at the rest of that game, what concerns you the most coming out of that win? Coming out of that win, I guess I'm still not completely sold on uh, the ability of the defensive line to stop the run. I, I know everybody's going to point to the secondary, and yes, they get torched two weeks in a row. And yes, Dak's coming off a 400-yard-plus game uh, in that comeback win over the Falcons. And... I think the secondary is going to get it figured out. It's just going into this game against Ezekiel Elliott. I'm I'm not completely sold because it's yes they they stopped Cam Todd Gurley. You know they were able to stop him. I'm I'm just they haven't gone up against the talent that I think that I I need to see from the defensive line to really be sold on their ability to stop the run. And going up against Ezekiel Elliott's going to be that test this week. I was about to say, what concerns you more, the run or the pass at this point? I think it kind of answers that question. I, uh, I am a little bit more concerned about the the run because with the the fact that they've gotten up by you know two scores in each of these last couple of games, I think it impacts the way Pete Carroll and Ken Norton Jr. coach the defense, and I think that's what's leading to the, the this passing attack against the defense. And Quandre Diggs went out with the ejection. Uh, early on in the game. And so having him back this week against the Cowboys, that's going to make a difference. It is a really talented receiving core, though, for the Cowboys. And so that's, uh, I, I do tend to feel like this could be a shootout type game. And looking at what the over under is, what, around uh, 56 or something like that, I, I tend to think that this is going to be going over that. Yeah, I can definitely uh, see that as well, because when you look at it, the Cowboys secondary is banged up uh, right now. They're, they've already talked about with the Cowboys defense, they need to simplify things when you're in week three. Maybe it's good that they acknowledge that, but at the same time, not good because you're not going to fix that in a week. So I imagine uh, that we're going to see, I think, another strong performance. This lends itself at least to Russell Wilson putting up phenomenal numbers again. The whole team is beat up for the Cowboys. The secondary you mentioned, uh, Trevon Diggs is dealing with a shoulder injury. I think he may play, but their starting corner, Awuzie, he's not likely to play this week. And then their defensive line has been a disappointment. They only have two sacks through the first couple of games with Alden Smith having one, Everson Griffin having another one, Demarcus Lawrence is hurt. And then you even look on the offensive side of the ball, and that Cowboys offensive line has all kinds of injuries too. And Tyron Smith was out of practice on Wednesday, and he may play, but... Uh, it's just looking at their guys, their impact players who sat out of practice on Wednesday and, and they may not play come Sunday. I feel and you give me your thoughts on this, Brandon, Jamal Adams here. I feel like because you talked about the run and I, we kind of remember, remember what he saw against and what he did against Atlanta. I feel like that's where he's going to have to play a, a little bit. I know we still have those great linebackers, but I feel like you're going to have to have him a little bit in there uh, to try and stop Ezekiel Elliott. 
And that's probably where we may see a different dimension of Jamal Adams that we haven't seen in the last couple games because we haven't needed Jamal Adams in that capacity. But, you know, that's where he has really excelled at in the past is, you know, recognizing the run, shooting through the gaps and getting those tackles for a loss. And that's going to come that that's going to be one of the fun matchups, I think, to watch is his ability to see Zeke Elliott and, and where he's going and and hopefully get some some big tackles for a loss in the backfield. Brandon, uh, quickly looking at the rest of the division right now, Arizona off to a good start, obviously. The Rams looking pretty good right now. The San Francisco 49ers, on the other hand, I think they've got another person on IR right now. Uh, what do you think <laughs> just about since, Just since we started talking, it's it's been that bad. <laughs> exactly. I heard the MRI truck broke down on their way to to San Francisco. Like legit, that that that's not a joke. The MRI truck actually broke down on the way to the stadium, which is crazy. Yeah, I was about to say if the truck breaks down, you know you got some bad <laughs> luck. And on top of that, too, coming off a Super Bowl loss, uh, it just may start to feel like more bad luck's headed their way. And I'm I'm okay. I don't I don't like seeing players injured. But I'll, I'll take it, I guess, with them being in the division. It's a tough division this year. And even with all those injuries, their ability to to really just route the New York Jets. Um, it is kind of funny, though, that they're complaining about the field. And, and here they are in back-to-back weeks. Now they play the Giants on that same field. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm actually uh, I'm taking the Giants as an underdog here. I really oh. like them. Uh, I think they're plus 20, 125 or 157. I can't remember which one. Uh, but I, like, I like the Giants as an upset here. <laughs> You know, I, I kind of like them, too. And I know we're not to our picks yet, but I, I, I am kind of leaning Giants on that game as well. Well, speaking to that, uh, Brandon, let's go ahead and jump right in. We'll jump into those uh, NFL picks. We'll make those here. We'll do that next on the Knock On Sports. We're t- it's time to make our NFL picks, and we're going to do that with Brandon Schultz from the Seahawkers and Field Goals podcast. Brandon, I beat you in week two by one. What? Uh, I went 14 and two and you went 13 and three. Well, I still got the overall lead though then. Yeah, you, you got me beat by one. Right now, the overall lead is uh, you 23 and nine. Uh, I'm 22 and 10. Okay. Well, as long as that's still the case, I, I'm feeling okay about it. Well, I was about to say, what really hurts you is that Saints game. And I, I may have to pick the Saints again this week, which I, I don't know if I'm feeling so strongly about, but uh, well, I'm sure we'll get to that one. <laughs> um, Brandon, obviously we got uh, Miami and Jacksonville tonight. I- I'm taking the Jaguars here. I'm taking the the mustache over the beard. I took the stash over the beard as well, and um, I I could see Miami really being close. I, I don't know if they're as bad as everybody's making them out to be, but I kind of like them being completely beat down and 0 three facing the Seahawks next week. Uh, looking at the next game, Chicago at Atlanta. I'm taking the Atlanta Falcons in the upset. I'm going to take the Falcons in this one, too. You know, they've been able to put up points, and the Chicago defense is what scares me a little bit about taking Atlanta over Chicago. But that Chicago offense, it, it's just it doesn't scare me so much. So I, I think Matt Ryan can win a shootout. Rams at the Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen has been on fire. This is going to be a tough matchup, obviously. That defense does look improved from a season ago. Uh, but I, I like the Bills here at home. I took Buffalo as well, and mostly because I do not want the Rams to win this game. They, they got to fly all the way over east. They do. Their, their defense is looking pretty good, but I do think that Jared Goff is going to struggle with that, uh, going up against that Buffalo defense. Washington at Cleveland. Uh, I've got the Browns here. Uh, 
this is going to be a tough one, obviously. Uh, but again, I think the Browns really kind of need this one more than the Washington football team. I took the Browns, but if they decide to go with more Baker Mayfield and less Nick Chubb, then I, I do kind of like Washington to win this game in an upset. But I, I'm picking Cleveland, hoping that they're going to do the right thing. Tennessee at Minnesota. Uh, I'm taking the Titans. Yeah, Minnesota hasn't been good. I got to take Tennessee, even though this is a, a road matchup for them. I mean, the Minnesota's injury list is just ridiculous. I looked at what I think they're, they're two of their offensive linemen, almost their secondary, their linebacking core, their defensive end. I mean, yeah, that that defense. When you talk about San Francisco, I think I think Minnesota might have seen their MRI truck break down too. <laughs> it's it's bad, Minnesota, and. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate because I expected them to be one of the top teams in that division. And now it, it's kind of looking like that's going to be Green Bay's division to lose. A 2-0 Las Vegas versus a 1-1 New England here. I like Las Vegas. You're taking Las Vegas. I'm going to take New England. I, I like the what we saw from Cam uh, against Seattle versus Cam that we saw in week one. And uh, I think he's going to continue to do that against Vegas. San Francisco at New York. I kind of already talked about this one a little bit. Uh, I'm taking New York on the upset. I took New York before this too, but I kind of, I'm, I'm debating whether or not to switch my pick on this one and go with another NFC West upset, but uh, I'm, I'll stick with my original picks. I'll, I'll stay with New York. Cincinnati at Philadelphia. Um, this is a tough one here, but because I, I, again, I feel bad for Carson Wentz because I think he's getting way too much blame considering all the injuries they have right now. Uh, so I, I'm going to go with Cincinnati. He doesn't have much in front of him in terms of an offensive line, but I I like Philadelphia enough to get this win. I, it's going to be close, though, and, but Philly will get the win here. Houston at Pittsburgh. I've got Houston going 0-3. Yeah, Pittsburgh's good. And man, I, I feel bad for Houston fans because they're just straight out of the gate against three of the best teams. Uh, in the NFL this year, and I I see them winning more games, but it's not going to be until after this week. New York Jets at Indianapolis. I think more or less the question will be is whether or not Adam Gase will get off the will get off the or get on the plane to go back to New York. <laughs> Indianapolis hasn't been great, but uh, gosh, the Jets have been terrible, and so I'm taking Indy. Carolina at the LA Chargers. Justin Herbert making his second start. Oh right, yeah, he's going to be. Back at it. I, you know what? I like him to get this win. Carolina is kind of a, among the bottom five teams, and he had a pretty good showing here this last week against the Chiefs. Almost got him, uh, got him the win. It was wasn't until overtime that uh, I think they screwed up and uh, by not going for it late and giving Mahomes back the football. But uh, I, I think they can beat the Panthers. Yeah, I was gonna say I like the I like the Chargers here without Christian McCaffrey. You know, one of their biggest weapons. Yeah. I, I think Teddy Bridgewater struggled last week against Tampa Bay's defense with interceptions. Um, I think Chargers are going to put pressure on Teddy Bridgewater as well. Uh, Tampa Bay at Denver. This game looked a lot better before the injury list for Denver, uh, but I'm going to take the Bucks. I will take the Bucks with you on this one. And yeah, Denver is it, that's another team, man. A lot of these teams, I, we saw just a terrible weekend for injuries. It, it started even before last weekend with Denver with Vaughn Miller going out and then now losing their quarterback. It's it's just not looking good for Broncos fans out there. Uh, Detroit at Arizona, um, the 0-2 Lions and the 2-0 Arizona Cardinals. The Lions have been feisty. They probably should be at least 1-1. Maybe they should be 2-0, but they're not. And so I'm going to take Arizona in this one. I took Arizona too, but like you, I, I don't look at Detroit and see a team that should be 0-3 
after three games. So I that's what had me leaning toward potentially taking them. They've done well when they've traveled to Arizona, too. They played to the tie the last time, which was kind of weird, but they did beat Arizona. I think that was Kyler Murray's first matchup uh, against them. Uh, oh, wait, no, that was last year. It was Kyler Murray's first matchup because he was a rookie. But uh, Detroit's played well in Arizona was my point, and, <laughs> but I'm still taking Arizona. Dallas at Seattle. Brandon, I can only imagine which way you're going with this one. I think I'm going to pick my Seahawks in this one. But yeah, man, this is going to be this could be the, the first one to 40 points wins the game. Uh, yeah, easily or the, the cliche, you know, whoever has the ball last. I agree. I'm going to take Seattle in this one as well. I think uh, Seattle and Russell Wilson, they're on a tear. They're hot. And I think that continues to stay that way. Sunday night football, Green Bay at New Orleans. I am surprised Green Bay is an underdog in this game. Um, and I'm going to take the Packers here. Again, it kind of hurts me, but I, I have more spite for the Saints. Uh, so we'll see if spite pays off for me twice in a week. They are the underdog, but majority of people, at least through CBS Pick'em League, are taking the Packers in this game. I'm going to take New Orleans. I, I think this talk about Drew Brees being washed up is a little bit overblown. I went back and watched some of that game, and I just think that uh, I, I think with their running game and and Drew Brees, I, I think they're going to be able to beat the Packers on Sunday night. You're going to go with New Orleans again. It, you didn't learn your lesson this I, I past know. Monday night. No, I, because now it's flipped over to where there's there's way more hype against uh, about the Saints being bad. And I think that's going to come back to bite people this week. Do you think they will be? Uh, here's the here's the real question, because we just don't know what's going to happen with Michael Thomas. I don't think he practiced today, but if he doesn't play come Sunday night and they just say, OK, hey, Michael Thomas is out. Does that change your pick? Um. No, I think with Alvin Kamara, I think that and and Drew Brees' ability to get it to his other receivers, I, I think he'll still be okay against the Packers. All right, it, they're, enough, they're missing enough. Michael Thomas for sure. I I understand that, but uh, yeah, and and they're they do look a lot better with Michael Thomas in the lineup. But uh, I'm still I'm not changing my pick on this, Anthony. I'm going with the Saints. All right, all right. Uh, Kansas City at Baltimore on Monday night. Uh, this looks like a preview for the AFC championship game, possibly. Uh, but the two best teams in the AFC squaring off here in week three. Who do you got? I am going to take the Baltimore Ravens. Kansas City against a tough defense like the Chargers. And it doesn't get any easier with Baltimore. So I think Patrick Mahomes may may struggle a little bit. And, and if it were to go to overtime, I definitely like Baltimore with Justin Tucker as their kicker. And Lamar Jackson's ability to march down the field. So it may this may be an overtime game. And if it comes down to that, I, I like the Ravens. I'm going to disagree with you here, uh, Brandon. I'm going to go Kansas City because I think what happens is, is that the Chargers game really uh, kind of helped Kansas City understand what they need to do in a close game. Mm. Baltimore hasn't really seen that just yet. They really dominated in their first two games against Cleveland and Houston. I know Kansas City and Baltimore, they share the same other opponent uh, in week one and week two. Uh, but at the same time, I think the Chargers defense really kind of gave them a glimpse of what maybe Baltimore does. Not exactly the blueprint, uh, but they are going to Mahomes is going to see a lot of pressure. I, I think this is going to be a better game. I think Kansas City uh, takes the cake here. And I think Mahomes, again, takes another chapter in the uh, Jackson versus Mahomes story. It's going to be a fun game to watch. I, I mean, out of all the games this week, I think that one has to be. Sir, if you're an NFL fan at all, you have that game circled on Monday night. Yeah, this is this is again where I say I kind of wish Monday Night Football was still on ABC and not ESPN because I think the ratings would be so much better. Mm. Uh, I don't know why it's still not back on ABC. Uh, I mean, what TV show do they have on ABC that's really going <laughs> right? to beat Monday Night Football? In my yeah, opinion. that makes no sense. 
<laughs> so those are our picks here. Brandon Schultz of the Seahawkers and Field Goals podcast. Joining me as we made our NFL picks, talk about the Seattle Seahawks taking on the Dallas Cowboys this weekend, a big game as well, with both Brandon and I taking the Seahawks for the win. Brandon, if they want to follow the latest episodes of the podcast, how can they do that? Yeah, check out our latest episode at seahawkerspodcast.com and uh, you can subscribe to the Field Goals podcast at sbnation.com slash NFL podcasts. Brandon, really appreciate the time. Always a blast. Appreciate the insight as well. Look forward to chatting with you next week. Thanks, Anthony. Go Hawks.